Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. And in this episode, we are recapping uh, our recent Babies Go to Congress event and the March for Life. So first post row of these two events. So it's extra exciting for our staff who are from Heartbeat, who went to those both of those events. So this morning, we're gathering a couple of those people who were there uh, for a quick recap, what they saw, what they heard, what they experienced. For some of them, it was the first time, and for others, they've been there uh, many times before. And so uh, we'll kind of hear if anything's changed or uh, you know what sticks with them throughout the year as they attended both the March and Babies Go to Congress. So before I get started, let me mention our sponsor is Heartbeat's annual conference, which is another event where a lot of pro-lifers gather. Uh, We do that specifically for those working in pregnancy help ministries. So board members, staff members, volunteers, anyone who's involved in pro-life pregnancy help work can go to our conference get some training, do some networking, uh, listen to keynote speakers. There's a lot of great stuff packed into this week. That's happening April 26th through 28th in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you'd like more information on that, registration is open as well at heartbeatservices.org. So with that, I'm going to kick things off to Andrea Trudden, and we'll hear a little bit more about her experience. Well, thank you, Christine. I'm sad that you couldn't join us this year, but now that you had kept down the fort here at Heartbeat with our podcast and all the fun things here. Um, yeah, so I'm the Vice President of Communications and Marketing, and I work with um, Jessica, who you'll hear from in a little bit, to help really set up the Babies Go to Congress events. This was quite a fun year because it was the 50th anniversary of Roe, so a lot of energy and a lot of activities going on um, around. But this is, I've been trying to like total it up in my mind. I think this is probably my sixth or seventh babies go to Congress over the years. Um, and then of course we always stay for our, um, the March for Life because we just joined in with our other pro-life leaders. But this year had a fun energy about it and it was a beautiful day. Um, so very much so looking forward to uh, talking about our, our experiences on Capitol Hill as well. Um, I'm Tracy Shellhouse. I'm the vice president of ministry services with Heartbeat. And um, i this was actually my first year at Babies Goes to Congress. It's been very exciting for the last 20 years I've been serving in pregnancy help. And so I have seen these stories. I've experienced these stories from a very different perspective. And it was so unique to be in a place where we're now sharing stories uh, with our legislators and those that are leading. And um, and for uh, me, it was an exciting opportunity to just really share what um, we do in affiliate services and the impact that, um, the, especially in these circumstances, the pregnancy um, help centers and the maternities homes have on our clients that we serve. I'm Terry Fox, and I am the program coordinator for ministry services here at Heartbeat International. Uh, This is my third um, experience with Babies Go to Congress. Each one uh, had a unique feel for me. Um, As I have have an abortion story, so my first experience there um, meant something totally different. And then the second experience, I was there with a group of our donors, actually, who participated along with some uh, clients. And then this time, um, just being there with with these clients that we got to know a little bit and hear their moving stories and see how they've overcome so much. And Jessica, you got to help orchestrate everything for the event. Yeah, so this was this was my second Babies Go to Congress, my second also um, helping organize this event. Um, but this is my sixth, I believe, uh, March for Life. So 
it's been just a wonderful time getting to kind of see this over the years um, and now getting to participate even more fully in events surrounding it was really wonderful. And I think each time you get to be a part of this, um, you get a different group of people, you get a different group of moms there. Um, and it's amazing just the variety of stories and how pregnancy help serves. Um, but there's a you know continuous thread through it all um, of the work of pregnancy help and just the care for these moms and their babies that you know, get you in the fields every time, uh, makes you cry a little bit, makes you tear up. It's it's just such a wonderful, um, encouraging way to sp- spread the news of pregnancy help. And Laurie, you're the newest one on our team. Yeah. So I've only been with Heartbeat for a few months now. Um, and I've been to the March for Life several years, but this year was definitely really exciting because of the overturning of Roe. There was a lot of energy there, but it was my first time ever participating in Babies Go to Congress. And kind of with my background, I've led advocacy trips for bills or groups on the Hill before, but walking in with mothers who are pushing strollers and carrying diaper bags, just the engagement that we got from the offices and from the staff members was really, really cool. And they had great questions for these mothers, um, just to really share their stories of how pregnancy help has impacted them. Yeah. And to bring it back to the beginning in 2009, it was when we hosted our very first Babies Go to Congress event. Um, We had really, we, of course, being in pregnancy help, get to hear these stories quite often. We see the mothers, we get to hear um, the trials that they have to overcome in order to achieve a successful life um, for however that is defined based upon the vision that she has for her life. And we know that pregnancy help organizations walk alongside her and all the impact that they do have, but legislators don't always know that. And so this um, idea was sparked actually after having a conversation with a representative and um, he made a comment just kind of in passing about how he can listen to anybody in his office. And of course he's interested, um, but he will stop and be engaged if a family walks through the door or if a baby enters. Let's be real. It's a photo op in a lot of cases. But it is unusual, too, because there are adults walking through the halls of Congress all day long, very professional, um, dressed to the nines. Um, but then you have this family coming in with a stroller and our little uh, jar of puffs and we are <laughs> walking through and it, it is different. So people notice. And so that um, kind of sparked the idea. And like I said, we've been doing our Babies Go to Congress events where what we do um, in this since 2009 is we take moms with their babies along with the executive directors or a representative from the pregnancy help organization to go and meet with their legislators. Um, so we organize, and I say we, but Jessica <laughs> takes the lead on this. Um, we set up meetings to speak with two um, congressmen from their district and then the two senators from their state um, so that they can simply, we walk in, we do a quick introduction of what pregnancy help is and who Heartbeat International is. And then we really allow the mother to share her story. And that's the most magical time because that is um, our focus. That is the story. That is the reality. And then we follow up with additional services and programs that the pregnancy help organization provides for um, that state and that area so that that legislator is aware and then has a better understanding of what pregnancy help is. We go to any and all offices. Some are very friendly to pregnancy help. Some are very not, Um, but we do not um, avoid 
setting up and scheduling meetings with these offices that may be a little bit more hostile because it's so important. The fact is there's a lot of um, claims out there against pregnancy help that are simply not true. So when you hear the story from the mother's mouth, it has great impact. So that's why we have continued to go over the years. Um, We used to go multiple times a year and that still is on the table. But for now, um, we tend to go in January so that um, anyone who would like to stay for the March for Life can do so. So that was a fun little um, activity this year. We had um, four teams join us, three pregnancy help organizations, and we had a little heartbeat team as well to hop around and meet with some legislators. And so um, Tracy and Terry, let's go ahead and start with kind of your team. Uh, tell us a little bit, um, it was an Ohio team, but tell us a little bit about our story and then the experience on the Hill. All right. Well, we uh, toured with uh, Evelyn and she was wonderful. She is so open with her story and what um, God has done in her life. But uh, just a little bit of background on her. Um, she grew up in a um, an adverse situation. By the time that she was 10 years old, uh, she went into foster care and pretty much was on her own most of her life. And um, so by the time she was 19, she had her first abortion. By the time she was 24, she had her second. And that one, um, there were complications that required an emergency DNC so that she didn't lose her life. And while she, uh, these abortions, um, the the way the conceptions came about is she was working as an escort and um, actually had um, a very good, I guess, I don't know that you call it income, but she didn't uh, have many needs when it came to material things. She had all the things that she wanted, and yet her life still lacked the important things. She was still looking for things to fill those holes, and those abortions that she had to fix the problems didn't fix her life. They didn't make her life any better. And um, so really her story in pregnancy help came about after she had had um, one child out of wedlock and that one was three years old and she found out she was expecting again. And uh, she just could not see how she could continue her lifestyle, already parenting a three-year-old. And so she was interested in chemical abortion and she had set an appointment with Planned Parenthood on a Monday. But then the Friday before that Monday, she started, you know, wanting to know how far along am I? And I started calling around, um, finding a place to do an ultrasound. And at three minutes to five on a Friday afternoon, she made a call to a pregnancy help center and uh, she was more than an hour away. And um, but they said, come on. And so, Terry, I don't know. Do you want to pick it up and go from there and share a little bit? Sure. So um, the center waited for her, as Tracy was saying, and from that point on, they walked the journey with her to help her choose life for her child. And she, Evelyn, uh, she goes by Eva, but she she clearly and boldly states that um, not only was her child's life saved, but her, her life was saved as well. And she um, had been going to school. She used up all of her um, financial aid benefits, couldn't get money to finish her college degree. Uh, The pregnancy center she went to, um, Women's Centers of Ohio, actually had a scholarship program and Eva was able to get a scholarship, complete her bachelor's degree. Um, So this past August of 22, she completed her education and a week later she got married. She is um, boldly proclaiming 
the truth about what abortion is and what a pregnancy center can help a woman accomplish. So she and her little family of uh, her two children and her husband, Isaiah, joined us uh, for the meetings. Um, And she, I loved how she um, would tell her story. And then when she was talking about um, choosing life for Hezekiah, she also included that uh, she chose life for herself through accepting Christ. Um, That is a big part of her story. And she is, you could just see the excitement when she was telling that part of her story um, to the, to the legislative aides who were all attentive and asked questions and um, were very respectful and kind. And so it was um, great to see each, each meeting is a little different because you're not, it's not a script. And so you get a little bit different um, components of the story with each meeting. So it kind of built over the day um, that little tidbits were added here and there that hadn't been told um, in the meeting prior. So by the end of our, our four meetings, you have even a little more complete picture of who this uh, woman is, where she started out from, and the perseverance um, that she has just clung to to get to the place she is and she is not stopping she is boldly um sharing her story with anyone who will listen so we applaud her for that and that was something that i'd say kind of impressed all of us um as the women would share um specifically at the end we did a, de- a debrief so the behind the scenes element is that we do an orientation dinner to meet the moms and babies and and walk through the stories walk through set expectations so that they're not caught off guard um on that Wednesday night then Thursday it's a lot of walking a lot of jumping um building the building to get uh, where we need to go. And and it's a wonderful experience. But to Terry's point, you're hearing a little bit more throughout the day. And so these women are repeating their stories over and over and queuing in on key questions that they're constantly being asked. So then it becomes part of their story. And then um, I had the same experience. I was on um, a team from Virginia um, where we were getting asked such great questions that all this additional insight was coming out. And it it was so powerful because I was with Danielle and um, just to put a note in here, all of these mom stories are going to be linked to um, within the podcast as well for further, uh, for people who are interested in learning more. And we're going to get some videos as well, because these mom stories are powerful and they are a very good um, depiction of what we see each day in pregnancy help. Um, But in my on my team, we had a maternity home and um, she stayed in a maternity home for five years while getting her degree, getting um, a place for a job and getting a good job to where she was a social worker for five years. And what was starting to come out more and more from Danielle's story is she had left a very uh, traumatic life that included a lot of drugs, selling it and using and then different crimes throughout the years, found herself pregnant, knew she wanted to keep the baby, but didn't know where to turn, went to the Paul Stephan Foundation in Virginia, and they um, taught her life skills and were not uh, just an easy place to be. It was teaching her how to live as a responsible adult. And so then taking the knowledge that she learned while there and putting it into um, her work as a social worker and seeing the other side of it. She's like, I knew that I was going down this path where my kids would have been taken from me and seeing the hardships of what, thankfully, she was able to avoid 
through the support that she received. And those key questions that the legislative aides were asking were drawing out these little tidbits that was just so fascinating. And she's uh, she was a social worker for five years and now is working in a high school as a special ed teacher. So it's amazing to see what God is doing through her. And um, I had the privilege of taking my daughter with me and she and Danielle's daughter, Leilani, were just buddies the entire time. And so it was really sweet to see, um, but watch this 10-year-old girl thrive and Danielle as well. As I know, Evelyn and um, also Kylie um, were sharing that in the midst of all of this transformation in their lives, they all have now accepted uh, God into their lives, have welcomed him in and, and continuously and boldly share that part of the story, which that was unique to me this year to see the maturity. We talked about this as a team a little bit ago, the maturity of the mothers and um, being able to communicate how they've been served, but then all the positive things that they can attribute to walking into that pregnancy help organization, all the positive things that have happened since because of starting to make those positive choices. So that was really so Laura and Jessica, we had you bouncing around um, because you um, were taking pictures and getting videos on the ground. So thank you for one. But what did you see from your perspective? Well, I just, this is Jessica, I just wanted to say, um, you're talking about the boldness and, and one thing that Eva said um, multiple times was, this is her Esther moment. This is my time to speak up and tell my story and speak the truth. And that was just, it gave me goosebumps every time she said it, because it's just, you could, you know, that coming into these situations, um, as, mu as much as these legislators are just people and these legislative aides are just people with different kinds of jobs, there's always a hesitancy sometimes um, coming into these places, especially if you're not used to being in the political side of things. And so seeing these moms with their boldness and their willingness to do the hard thing um, and step up and tell their story, it's just not easy. Um, was just so encouraging because that is not something that everyone's always willing to do. And so it, it is such an encouragement to see people come to DC and March for Life and seeing these moms' individual courageousness to tell their story and be that vulnerable before people who may not even agree um, with some of what they're saying was just was just wonderful. And I and I, that's how much I I love babies go to Congress. That's one of my favorite things about it. Yeah, and I got to take kind of a, a behind the scenes and run between several groups in the meetings they had. And just what blew me away is the impact that these meetings have with these women being so vulnerable, yet so empowering at the same time to, to boldly share their story and say, this is exactly where I was and here's where I am now. And here's the journey that where I got there. And it was one of my favorite meetings. It was with the Texas team um, in Representative Pat Fallon's office. And they said uh, it was one of the directors from Texas saying just the resources that they offer so many women in the area. And the aide goes, what? And just had this shock. And it was just, you could just tell it wasn't just the stories impacting them, but all this new knowledge that now they can give to their bosses and they can serve to not only uh, further pregnancy help, but uh, further, further the empowerment of women. Let me ask something real quick, because all of you were there and there are a lot of these stories that are pretty public and the big planned events. Did anybody have any unexpected moments that that will stick in your minds long-term because I remember I did get to go several years ago. Um, and I remember moments in the hallways of Congress or in the hotel when having a little, 
in my group, we had a little six month old baby and she was so sweet and she made everybody smile or the taxi driver, or everybody else that we encountered. And those are the things that I'll remember that don't necessarily get reported. So does anyone have any stories like that, that just kind of popped up in the moment? I do. And I don't want to steal one of Terry's stories from uh, the Ohio team, but we are in one of our last meetings with um, staff members from Senator Vance's office. And we were just talking about uh, pregnancy help. And he goes, yeah, I contribute to, to the center here in my area in just a very small financial way. And I thought that was just great to see that there are people even on the Hill who are contributing in a lot of different ways, both politically and with his wife and expected child, just very small financially. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, for I, me, I said- I- Oh, go ahead, Terry. I was, I was just going to say, I so agree with you, Laura, because he kind of leaned back in his chair and kind of like he was for us. He was with us. And that was really a cool confirmation of, yes, he is really listening to what we have to see to say. And he asked some really good questions and was very engaged. So for me, there were two. But one thing that I do want to say um, before sharing that answer is um one of the things that we did, Jessica did a great job of preparing everybody for is the reality is that for this week, um, the Senate was not in session. So there were fewer opportunities to meet directly. But one of the great things that we did have um, is these great conversations with legislative aides, who for those who aren't as familiar, uh, may not realize they actually hold a lot of power because they receive the information and pass it on to the legislator. So if a bill is being introduced, they are, the legislative aides are the ones who gather the info. And it's like, we have all this information on pregnancy health. We can do this. Or they're the ones who kind of decide, eh, maybe that one doesn't get passed on to them. <laughs> and so um, it was great. We had uh, good conversations. And when we walked into Representative Good's office, uh, Courtney was so sweet and she remembered me from a past meeting. And she was like, it's so wonderful to see you again. Um, and, and, please tell me about this family and, and who's here, um, which was nice. But my two aha moments for the day, or not aha, but surprise ones, was when we were walking from the House side to the Senate side, because it was a cloudy day, but it wasn't raining at that point on the Thursday. So we walked in front of Capitol, um, which is always nice. we got some wonderful pictures. But uh, Danielle just stopped and she goes, you guys go ahead. I feel really called to pray right now. And it was such a sweet moment. I was like, wait, okay anybody want to pray? And so we all came back to where she was and she had a powerful prayer just over the leaders of our nation and everything that was going on. It was just like, very well done. (laughs) It was incredibly sweet. And she's being such an example for her daughter in those moments too. Um, The other moment was as we were leaving one of the offices, people were walking down the hall and they had a little cage full of Three very, very fluffy, what we learned to be lion head rabbits. And so you never know what you're going to see. We saw a lot of dogs through the halls of Congress, but these three adorable bunnies. <laughs> and I'm not certain what they were taking them into the um, senator's office for, but it was fascinating to see. And of course, the children were like, <laughs> and we adults were, <laughs> but it was very sweet. So it's very unexpected what you see in Congress. I saw something at our uh, Wednesday night dinner. So we had our orientation on Wednesday evening and then we had dinner together and the moms had an opportunity to practice telling um, 
their their stories just to get them a little more comfortable. And when Kylie was sharing hers, she had um, some of her other children there and her older daughter, um, as Kylie was sharing her, her story, I just, her older daughter, it was, she was so moved and she just had tears in her eyes and, and just the impact of that story was having on her daughter. Um, and as soon as Kylie was finished, her daughter just went over to her, embraced her. And it was just a beautiful thing that she is being such an example for her children of representing what just because you're in this dark despair doesn't mean that that is where you have to live the rest of your life. And so that was just a, a powerful thing to see. And, and I appreciated, um, I just appreciated being able to witness that. I think one of the things that um, we went into not knowing whether we were going to be surprised or not is we did go meet with the legislative aide um, of, of one of the Ohio senators that we didn't know whether how receptive they were going to be to our mission. And so you sort of go in just waiting for the surprise. And um, what I appreciated is we actually had amazing dialogue. There were a lot of great questions. I think we may have met with that aid as long, uh, if not maybe even longer than we did with others. Lots of note taking, and and that was great. But in the the process, as Eva said something about, you know. Um, choosing life for a child and abortion not being good for women, um, there was a little bit of pushback and not, and it was very respectful, but it, a little bit of pushback of, well, you know, it's every, every woman's choice. And, um, and as we've mentioned, Eva is very bold and it, this was her Esther moment of standing up and speaking up, but she was, she was thoughtful and she was respectful and she listened, but she came back around and, and still said what she came there to say. And ultimately, you know, what she shared is, as you know, in this day and age, people tell women that you have to abort your unborn children in order to be successful and in order to be able to live your dreams. And that is the furthest thing from the truth, because those abortions did not make my life better. They only harmed me. But Choosing life for my unborn child not only saved his life, but it saved mine. And I've gone on to be successful. And I was able to finish my degree because the Pregnancy Help Center stepped up alongside me. And today, I'm living a life that I never imagined as a mother and a wife and a college graduate. And I am fulfilled mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And, um, and, and, you know, part, and it wasn't necessarily a surprise, but the aide, I believe, listened and received that. And, and so, um, you know, going into an office that you're sort of wedding on surprises, it was a sweet surprise. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think that just goes to what I was, I was going to bring up was the fact that meeting in person with these women, you hear their stories, we get sent their stories before babies go to Congress and kind of edit them down and put them into our little stories. And, and it's the kind of synopsis of who they are. But then when you get to actually meet with them in person, you get to hear them tell these stories in these different settings and see the emotion and see um, what they've gone through written across their faces as they talk about it. It, it just brings this so much more to life. And, and we at Heartbeat, um, some of us didn't come necessarily from a pregnancy health background, unlike um, some people like Tracy and others. Um, 
And so this is our opportunity to get to to see what these pregnancy centers get to see every single day. And you see what you see every day when you're working with these women. Um, and it is just such an incredible moment that uh, I just treasure every time I get to see. Um, so, yeah, it's just incredible what an in-person time with these meeting with these women get to do. And that is something that um, I was able to explain a little bit to uh, the, the people who'd never been here before, the moms um, and some of the center directors who had never been there before. I kind of told them that um, I see the, the with any movement, of course, as you're uh, as we move into kind of the March for Life and what you're going to be encountering at the March for Life. Um, every movement has different aspects to it. So it's kind of different pillars. And so when we have the activists, that's what we were seeing on Friday with the March for Life. Um, and those are our friends in the movement um, with March for Life, live action, getting word out, awareness that's so big. And then, of course, we need our researchers with the CLI, uh, Charlotte Lozier Institute, and others to provide us with key details so that we know how pregnancy help does help women in a positive way and how abortion does hurt women in various ways as well. And then so we have our activists, we have our researchers, we have our lobbyists, the people who work to really uh, encourage good bills that serve to help uh, serve women well through pregnancy help. And then we have our legal side. So our friends at ADF and First Liberty who help us really um, win interesting lawsuits come up or <laughs> challenges to aggressive laws need to come into play, especially now that the abortion issues at the state. Those four pillars are fantastic, but they all guide then women who need pregnancy help to our side, our, our pillar of it, which is that service arm, the pregnancy help organizations, the maternity homes, the uh, pregnancy help medical clinics, pregnancy resource centers. But the Friday at the March, was a combination of all these people coming together. We saw Right to Life. We saw ADF. We saw um, all these people from various uh, schools and such. So, Laura, you were on the ground um, recording for, well, I mean, we were all on the ground, but she was actually like, on camera, on the ground, getting video and um, reporting live um, for us. So what did you see? What was the energy like Friday for you? So yeah, so I went out early, got to the rally beforehand, um, and really tried to run around to as many places as I could, talk to as many people, um, just from different backgrounds. I talked to a lot of students, I talked to a lot of churches, a lot of groups, um, just asking questions like, why are you here today? Uh, and got a lot of really good answers. And just the the thing of we stand with life. And not only we stand with life, I got a lot of people saying, I'm here today for my very first time because I want to show support of the Dobbs decision. I want to show support that we stand for life in our states as well as here at the Capitol. Um, so it was really, really cool. One of my favorite things is we have a new hire here at Heartbeat International, a young girl who is new to the movement and never been to the march. So I grabbed her and we tagged along together. And seeing the march for the first time through her eyes, I kind of grew up going to the march. And so some of those things, just the wow of it, you take for granted. But seeing it through her eyes and, oh my goodness, there's a lot of students here. There's a lot of young kids. There's a lot of um, very empowered college students coming out here and saying, this is what I believe. And I'm willing to stand up and speak out and boldly say what I believe and why I believe it. So um, it was really good just talking with so many people. Again, all, like always, the number of how many people there in support of life blew me away. And of course, there was just the additional excitement since Rose overturned. And how about you, Jessica? You um, have been here, been there, I believe, once on our behalf for Heartbeat, but had been there several before um, 
and past past pro-life roles as well. So did you notice any difference this year, energy-wise? Absolutely. So this, I believe, is my sixth time coming. So um, I've been in the pro-life movement for about seven years now, um, professionally, I should say, um, I guess, through my different work. Um, but uh, this this year, obviously special. Um, it's the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade and also the first year that we've been able to say that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And um, that's just a, such a unique uh, moment in history. And there's definitely, um, there's definitely so many different people who come, there's, there's people who pray, there's people who chant. Um, but I think there's such a excitement um, of this transitionary timer. It's going back to the States and uh, just a wonderful time to be there and get to see um, the young groups uh, making up their chants and, and excitement. And, and I think there was always like that hesitancy of like, will there be a lot of protesters? How will this go? Um, but truly, um, I think I saw four protesters, I think, in total. Um, and, and just seeing, we took a different route this year around the Capitol building and just to kind of emphasize the fact that this is now for the states and the legislature to decide that this is no longer as much a court fight, uh, that this is, this is a new year and a new fight that we're having. Um, and so... And also getting to see that with with babies, um, with babies go to Congress uh, was really sweet. Uh, getting to kind of explain to them what they're going to see, how these moms are going to kind of walk through this process and see how much they're being supported as well is really incredible. Tracy, this was your first. What do you think? It was very exciting. Um, you know, I had been serving in pregnancy help for 20 years and so I had watched the, the March for Life on television, but I was always busy with my pregnancy center's Sanctity of Human Life Month events and our celebration of life and had not been able to attend. And so for me, um, it was amazing to be in a crowd of witnesses, a crowd of people and so many of them that had walked for decades um, year after year after year, um, as I was walking, getting to the rally, I was just asking people around me, you know, how many years have you marched? When did you begin? You know, what, why, what, what drove you? And uh, just hearing all of the different stories and all the different motivations, the different things that draw each person there, but is the common goal of upholding the sanctity of human life and protecting the preborn child. And that is amazingly powerful. The walk itself, there were some that were somber, but I would say most there is this beautiful excitement, um, like a collective excitement. And um, as someone mentioned, we had some great student groups that had chants going on and, and all of those kinds of things. And um you know, and I will say the one thing that uh, surprised me, as, as some have mentioned, is I really did expect to see probably more, more protesters. Um, I actually saw more protesters at the National Prayer Service that morning than I did at the walk. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm just, you know, that is something that makes me a little bit curious as to the shift and, and, and what things are going to look like in the years to come at the March for Life. This year was a, a big shift, and this is the beginning of, um, you know, really a, a year of Jubilee. Uh, for 50 years, Roe was, um, 
you know, the law of the land. And now we've got it back into the state's hands. And I think that there is an excitement there too. But um, I also believe that many that came understand that the fight is far from over, that there's still much to be done. And, um, and what we're doing nationally is important, but also what we're doing in our own communities is just as important. So my experience, uh, this is my third experience with the March, and each time uh, had a different feel to it for me. Um, the first time I was there, although I had uh, years previously um, worked through my um, abortion experience, I still walked with a sense of one of those babies that had been aborted in the millions was mine. And, but also knowing that I was restored and redeemed and years before someone marched for me. So I felt like I was there marching for someone else to it at some point in their life, hopefully would come to um, a place of forgiveness and redemption as well. Um, so it was a little different experience my first time. And then several years later, the second time I went was in 2020. Um, and I paid more attention to the route because the significance of ending up at the Supreme Court building was very significant. Well, this time we didn't we marched past the Capitol and the significance of, you know, lawmakers and legislators and having to be engaged on our state levels. Um, that just had more impact for me. And but while we were waiting for the march to start, our, our heartbeat group had gathered on um, one of the corners and and I was standing holding our heartbeat or our um, pregnancy centers are great for America sign. And this gentleman came up to me and he had a t-shirt that said abortion is murder. And um, of course, we we all know, we know that we're, we know why we're there. And um, he started talking about the things that pregnancy centers don't do. And so specifically not sharing the gospel. So I had a very interesting conversation with him about, absolutely, we do share the gospel with women, but it's, we have to be mindful of getting them the help they need and them being open to hearing that gospel and allowing um, the, the center staff to share that, pray with them or share the gospel with them. So it was very, it's always interesting to hear what people in the pro-life movement have different perspectives of what you may or may not be doing in the the work in the service arm work that we're in. So hopefully I, you know, directed him to some information and, and we chatted and everything. So hopefully it made an impact and he had a better understanding of um, that sharing the gospel is um, it's high up there on our list of serving these women compassionately and with care that they need. So all in all, it's always a great experience to be in that environment and um, just um, ultimately glorify God in the work that we're doing. Yeah, it's always interesting to uh, see the different perspectives. But again, going back to what was said earlier, it's a common goal. And so we are all there to proclaim that we believe in the sanctity of human life. And we are willing to shout that loudly and say that, yes, we need to be there for women. We need to serve um, these women so that they don't feel that abortion is their only option. And to the point that was made a little bit ago, we were we were discussing this morning as well as we meet for prayer to kind of just go over a small recap and everything. But we do see this going more along with the Dobbs decision to the state. So uh, we know that the March for Life National 
is already coordinating. Ohio is one of those states where we uh, were introduced to a March for Life uh, this past October, and we see that number growing more and more as um, more people take that up within each individual state because it is so important. So while we are probably still going to be, of course, supporting the National March for Life, it's important for people within their own states to be looking for those state rallies if they feel called to do so, or at least in that conversation, Terry, um, it's an opportunity for that gentleman to find out more about pregnancy health organizations and maybe tap into it to learn a little bit more. So it's always a good opportunity to really expand knowledge of the vast ways people can get involved in whatever way they're called in their hearts to do so. And so it's just a good opportunity and a great reminder each year for us through our Babies Go to Congress event and through the March for Life to know, one, these are lives, these are uh, tangible examples of life that have been served through pregnancy help. And we get to hold those babies and talk to those young children and hear them share their stories. And then um, actually this year at the March for Life, they shared Victor, who was our babies go to Congress from Ohio last year, um, shouting that he loves his life. And so it's always very fun um, then for us to move into that March for Life and get with the thousands of our closest friends and um, stand up for a mission that we all believe in. So thank you, Christine, for having us on today to talk a little bit more about uh, this fun event um, for us internally here at Heartbeat International, but then uh, to share a little bit more about our experience with both Babies Go to Congress and the March for Life. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for your time. I know there's a lot more we could have told. And uh, in fact, you talking about your own experiences reminded me that Heartbeat International's Facebook page has loads of pictures. Um, so you can see firsthand what their view was from the march. Um, check out the links that I will post in the show notes of the mom's stories. And let me warn you, you might want to have some Kleenex handy because they will make you cry tears of joy. They are very happy tears because you'll just be so moved by um, how God's working in these women's lives. I know I was watching the videos last week and I was definitely crying, but they are powerful stories. So get an inside look on what these pregnancy centers are doing for these women and uh, truly understand where they come from and where they are now. It's just incredible. So with that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay updated on what we continue to do throughout the year as the Pregnancy Help Movement. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.